And now another edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman. Every edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman airs weekdays on the American Forces Network in countries around the world. Each show is also available as a podcast at ontravel.com and at iTunes. Just use the keyword on travel. Here's Paul and Elizabeth. Wooden ships and iron men and a Hawaiian island that might be haunted. That's coming up today on Travel. I'm Elizabeth Harriman. And I'm Paul Lassley. And, well, we are once again in the new year, graced with Max Hartshorn's presence. And Max is the editor of GoNomad.com, one website who has maintained all this time of COVID a really great presence of telling us where to go. We can't get there, but it tells us where to go. And people tell me where to go all the time, and I'm sure they do Max as well. But we both turned this into much more of an art form. Max, welcome back to Traveling. Great to be with you and Elizabeth this morning on this chilly, chilly day in Massachusetts. It's only 22 degrees here in Massachusetts. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're delighted to have Max Hartson again with us. As Paul says, gonomad.com uh, tells you where to go, even though we can't go, most of us can't go very far right now, but gonomad.com is a great website for inspiring you to plan your travel for the future and keeping you informed. And there are a couple of really interesting stories on the website that we're going to talk about today. Um, wooden ships and iron men. Uh, what was that? It was a, the, the master and commander, the far side of the world, right? The books of Patrick O'Brien. You have a whole story about that. Tell us about that, Max. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting way of writing a story during a pandemic. And many of my my creating collaborator, collaborators have been very creative. As we said, you know, we can't travel, but we can dream, we can think. And, and good old Rich Grant from Denver has decided that uh, he was going to put together a lot of things he knew about his lifetime of traveling and his lifetime of fascination with the novels, the sea novels of Patrick O'Brien. Now, I have heard about O'Brien from some of my old buddies who love reading nautical books. And apparently O'Brien's the master. And as you mentioned, he was the, the person who wrote that the movie Master Commander, Master and Commander with uh, with Russell Crowe up on the on the lashing on the deck. But the, so, yes. you know, what, the, what Rich did was he came up with all these different things about sailing ships and 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 ships that were used for war and he did a wonderful kind of a wrap-up about all well, the things you can go ahead paul go ahead, i think paul. that one thing that uh, rich does so well is and and you know for a man who spent most of his professional life promoting travel to denver colorado rich has branched out into being one of the real forces in travel today and really telling people where to go in a nice way. And I, I commend you at Go Nomad for publishing his stories because they have a, a captivating quality about them that really makes you want to go places. Well, and yes, and as Max, as you were alluding to, he tells you um, where you can go see some of these ships today and tells you a little about you know, what it was like, what how people manned the guns and what it was actually the act of uh, raising and lowering the sails, maintaining the rigging, 
all those things. So uh, tell us a little bit more about some of the things that... Yeah, Rich is really good at details. And this is what I always tell our writers, you know, our people want to know the real nitty gritty. And so he talks about, like, for instance, on the HMS Victory, um, 821 men would, would be on this relatively small ship, only 227 feet. But these guys would be on that ship for a whole year. So they had all their provisions and all of their, you know, incredibly hard lives at sea, especially sleeping down below. But um, some of the places that he talks about, like, for instance, he goes, I think that in in a previous uh, era, he went over to Portsmouth, England. And that's mm. where the HMS Victory is at birth there. So you can go on board. But you think about this, the cannons, like, for instance, one of the ships that he describes is the famous ship that's in Boston, the USS Constitution Museum. It's actually a museum, but they take the thing out for a spin every couple of years to show that it's still indeed still a sea vessel. But you can go to Boston and go on board that Constitution. And he has some photographs of the amazing guns that they had on on that ship. They had these 24 – they did 24-pound cannonballs. They had dozens of these huge cannons along the side. And you could just wipe out another ship or even land when you were fighting these battles. It was quite a thing. And anybody who's seen Master and Commander Far Side of the World – would certainly remember the drama of of these ships, but um, he he makes his way all over the world. He goes to not only you know San Diego, for instance, where near where you guys are. There's the HMS Surprise, which is another vessel you can visit. In I love the, the name, world. yes. <laughs> and that may be familiar to you, the San Diego Maritime Museum, where they have model shipbuilders and um, some other uh, things that about the life in the sea. Yes. Well, that that is one of a collection of great museums in what is now called Balboa Park, which was the uh, site of a huge exhibition that was done in the United States uh, very early in the 19th century. And it looked very Spanish and architecturally interesting, and they kept a lot of it. And there are some great museums there. Yes, and also, well, and part of the museum is actually at the waterfront. The San Diego Maritime Museum is actually at the waterfront, I believe, where um, uh, there's the, the um, uh, what is the it's other, surprise. Star of India. Yeah. Isn't the Star the of India there? Yeah, it, you, you can actually see, it's uh, the surprise is, is a fictional ship. Uh, during the movie, you know, they, they, they filmed it there. So it looks, you know, you'll recognize some of the, I think they try to do a combination of different vessels. Um, but uh, the other places that, that the article describes is, like I said, the USS Constitution, which you can see in the Boston Harbor, and Portsmouth, England, where uh, many, many aficionados are, you know, love talking about sea vessels. And then also in Greenwich, you can go to the National Maritime Museum in Greenwich. So it's kind of a wrap up of all the different ways you can imbibe and sort of immerse yourself in, in, a, in a universe. And some interesting little tidbits in the piece I really enjoyed was, for instance, um, he talks a little bit about, um, about how uh, the author, famous author who was, you know, Patrick O'Brien, a beloved author, was also a biographer. And he was a biographer who wrote a biography about a certain painter named Pablo Picasso. Oh, and he became good. good buddies with Picasso, and they hung out together. So in the article, there's a photograph <laughs> of Pablo, the raconteur, most famous painter on earth, chatting it up in the bar in southern France where they both got a chance to get to be friends with each other. 
it was a funny circle that it turned. Well, I think that's one of the great things about literary. The literary scene is the friends you make and the great people you can meet. Um, there's a bookstore in Northern California, Book Passage. Actually, I think they have a couple of branches, one branch in San Francisco. But uh, we've been there to a writing workshop several times over the years. And authors like Peter uh, Pico Iyer and um, uh, just Michael Cahill, I think is it. Is it Michael Elizabeth? Tim, K- Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill. Thank you. You can tell I read a lot, but I don't remember authors. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but they have these an opportunity for you to really meet and hang out. And if you buy a book, the author is there to sign it, and will will sign you something more than just you know his name. Well, well and, and- I've I've noticed a really interesting trend in some of the writing that we've been publishing. There's a great deal of interest in following writers and following movie stars and sort of seeing where things were filmed. As we know, the whole Game of Thrones is just a a cottage industry of things. And, of course, the great books, the Hobbit books made great travel travel logs, too. But, uh, you know, a lot of people like to find out where authors are buried. And so he actually tracks down – he found out that O'Brien lived in Collier, France, in southern France, where Picasso also had been living or hung out. He lived from 1949 until he died in the year 2000. And a lot of people like to go and see where people worked and see where they were buried. And you could do that. He actually wrote a lot of these novels. He wrote these sea novels in France. And you can go and track down the bar where he used to hang out with Heming- with uh, Picasso and mm. you can see his grave. So there's an interesting way that people like to follow. And I love the way, you know, if you're an aficionado of an author, you want to see not only where he worked, but where he lived and where he was buried. And you can find all those things. And that's what Rich does. And I just love Rich for that. And I must commend Rich. He's become a senior writer at Go Nomad. So we're giving him a little extra play and promoting him a little bit more because he's really earned it after being a great writer. So and the I, article is, it's by Rich Grant, and the, it's called Wooden Ships, Iron Men, and Patrick O'Brien. And it is, you can find it at gonomad.com. Well, there's another very interesting story uh, at gonomad.com. And by the way, we have with us today, Max Hartzorn, who is the editor, editor-in-chief of gonomad.com. And you are traveling on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. I'm Elizabeth Harriman, here with Paul Lastly at On Travel. Well, um... So, but the other one other interesting story that you have at Go Nomad is about the island of Lanai in Hawaii. Now, uh, Lanai is one of the major Hawaiian islands. It's not as um, you know maybe well known as uh, Oahu and Kauai and uh, Hawaii Island, um, but it is a it's kind of a almost a private island. But and we Paul and I have been there. But I, I several times. Yes, but I understand we never realized it's haunted. So tell us a little bit about Ooh. our story. And another, another one of my favorites these days is, is my good friend Noreen Kamponik, who is from San Diego, by the way. And um, and she's become one of our senior writers as well. So we're trying to bring some of these really talented people with great storytelling. And, and you know, uh, Noreen just recently told me that she has written 600 travel articles. So that's pretty good. That's a pretty good accomplishment. And I give her major props for that. But yeah, she goes out to Lanai and, um, you know, you can take this, you can write a story any way you want. And I love it when a writer takes that extra effort to really think about what's interesting. What can we do that's besides looking at the scenery and telling us about what you had for dinner? How about finding out what people are really thinking and feeling? And what she talks about is 
the feels. You get a little bit of a strange apprehension about the island of Lanai. I mean, I think the most interesting thing to me about Lanai is that it's owned by one guy, essentially Larry Ellison, not very popular billionaire, uh, who bought this island himself in 2012. And now he's got some grand ideas of spending about $340 million on a big uh, wellness retreat. And, you know, I know the way Hawaii is. And Hawaii hates development more than any place I've ever heard of. You think it's bad in California, you try to build a shack in Lanai. Good luck, Larry. It's going to be a <laughs> I remember being in Molokai, and all they wanted to do was bring a little ferry boat over once a week with about six tourists. And that was the biggest outrage anybody had ever heard of. So, oh, my God. Good luck on Lanai, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a beautiful island. Uh, it used to be known as, well, I guess still is the Pineapple Island. They used to have uh, pineapple plantations there, um, no longer. And there's a cute little town, the, the town of Lanai. And um, we stayed at what was then called the Lodge at Coele, which is a beautiful um, hotel up in the uh, highlands, you know, so it's kind of cool with big pine trees around. It is now a Four Seasons resort. And as I recall, there are two um, Four Seasons resorts on the island of Lanai. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. No, no that's, uh, it's very, I mean, it's that's very what I remember. Popular. Yeah, it's a high-end destination for sure. Four Seasons has a beautiful property there. Uh, but, you know, it, what I liked about it is that, again, um, when you do a story about a resort or about a beach, sometimes you, you're sitting around so much, it's just like the reader gets as bored as you might have been. So but she takes a different tack, and she jumps in a Jeep and rents a Jeep and explores some of this 18-by-13-mile uh, island and, again, starts to see some of the reasons why the locals have a little funny feeling about, about Lanai. And, and what is it? I'm going to just talk a little bit about why. I think it's because – People just have – there's some strange things there like petroglyphs that people don't really know what they were. They these weird little symbols. Um, there's also a, a sense of sort of mystery because, again, an island like Lanai that's owned by essentially one guy, uh, that's not the same as the rest of Hawaii, which is part of the United States. Of course, it is still part of the United States, but that adds an interesting wrinkle, doesn't it, that, that it's basically just uh, a private island. Yes, and well, and a, a really beautiful private island. And one of the objects of Lanai being a small private island is that it is not filled with tourists uh, and visitors, uh, or even local, even locals for that matter. That funky downtown Lanai is really funky. There's even a small, a very small hotel there. Yeah, and. Uh, lots of really good things so you can get away from the manicured luxury of the big resorts and just hang out for a day in downtown Lanai, which is Hawaii the way it was 50 years ago. Yeah, you're talking about the, yes, the hotel uh, Lanai and uh, and uh, Lanai City. And as I recall, there were lots of things you could do. I don't know if they still do, but you used to be able to go horseback riding and um, traipsing all over the island, hiking, of course. It's just gorgeous. But um, so... But she says, um, the, your author, Noreen Kompanik, says that it, it's haunted? Yeah, she talks about the fact that there's a lot of things that they're, they're sort of like things that locals talk about. Um, for instance, legends about haunted areas, um, like certain, um, like they said, workers and guests have seen a little girl appear in rooms and in the forest behind the resort has strange sounds and unidentifiable figures. 
So there's just this oh. feeling that you get. I think it's more of a feeling than yeah. <laughs> and, and, and of course, if a hotel is haunted, that automatically makes it much more attractive. Oh, right? much more. Have you noticed that ghosts in hotels are never the kind that attack guests and rip them apart? They're always <laughs> romantically challenged people. Oh yes, you know who are hanging out in the corridors because that's the last time they saw their love. Their love. Their love. I noticed that very early on in England. A lot of hotels had ha- uh, were haunted, but the ghosts were always quite benevolent. They're also they're always quite friendly, like cats. Well, that's right. You know, yes. another, so another one of the stories that the locals say is there's a place um there's a place on Lanai. It's called Lanai called Pui P P U U P E H E P Pui. I'm not it's sure how to say it either. But Sweetheart <laughs> Rock, and it's ah. it's, an, it's a great landmark on the island, and that was where a heartbroken warrior jumped to his death from an 80 foot summit after losing his beautiful Maui princess. So oh, there you go. The legend was that he 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 didn't want anybody else to have her, so he hid her in a sea cave. And then the cave was flooded and she drowned and then jumped off that 80 foot cliff because he was so stricken by the loss of the great of the girl. So, you know, as as Paul said, it's a romantic story. Yeah, I believe it's Pu'upehe. Pu'upehe, I think is how you say that. And the other thing is your author is from San Diego, which should be a uh, just a, a beacon for anyone. If the author is from San Diego, the story will be about ghosts. The most haunted, <laughs> yes, think about this. The most haunted, Hotel. whatever it is in all of the United States, is in San Diego, the Whaley House, which oh. somehow they managed to get Congress in a, well, I guess a slow time. There must have been slow times in Congress. And they got Congress to say it was the most haunted yes. place in America. Oh. Now, how they knew that, I'm not quite sure. But I don't want to go down that road too far. Well, and of course, they tout that. I thought you were going to talk about, yes, the haunted house, but then there's also the Hotel del Coronado is also supposed to be haunted. Again, there's a romantic story behind that. But anyway, so these are two great stories that you can read at gonomad.com, Wooden Ships, Iron Men, and Patrick O'Brien. And then this other story about Lanai, which is a gorgeous island and fascinating. Well, you can read both of these great stories at GoNomad.com, Wooden Ships, Iron Men, and Patrick O'Brien by Rich Grant, and then this lovely story about Lanai by Noreen Kumpanik, Enchanted or Haunted, The mysterious, the Mysteries of the Island of Lanai. I'd say maybe it's a little bit of both. It, yeah, they say it's haunted. It certainly is enchanted. Um, but so, Max, you also have... It's beginning of a new year. It's also a time to kind of look back at 2020, although we're the actual year, we're not so sure we want to look back on too much. But a lot of good stories came out of 2020. And you have um, you have a whole section on in a difficult year, these 10 travel stories stood out. So give us a little preview of what you think were some of your best stories about the past year. Yeah, indeed. I, I always look forward to this every year because um, we publish hundreds of stories and we publish every day. So I really try to think over the course of the year, which stories really resonated the most and which stories made me feel that they were the best. And then we put together a long list and then we ask a lot of our, we do a, a reader survey and we and we start to distill it down to getting, you know, we start with like 50 that I think are great. And then we work it down to 30 and then down to 20. So then we get down to 10. And I like to just go through some of these. Go ahead, Max. Speak up a little bit. We're starting to lose you. Okay. Um, 
so what we try to do is, you know, really be uh, – Take all the different criteria between how many people read the stories and how much I liked it and how much our uh, readers liked it by a survey. So when we did the survey, we compiled our 10 stories out of, say, about 300 that we published. And the first one was a story about Italy, about 10 places you should know about in Italy. And this was written by a guy who really does know about Italy. He lives there. His name is John Henderson, and he moved to Italy in 2014 and never looked back. So yeah. John does a great job at sharing some of these incredible places that, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of people's opinion of Italy is that I have to go to Venice, Rome, and Florence, you know, that old thing. And, yeah. and other people are looking for places that are more exciting and more, you know, off, as they say, you know, it's cliche, but off the beaten path. But like, for instance, sure. he talked about some of the places that John cites are, for instance, uh, the very top of the island of Sardinia, which I would recommend highly, called La Maddalena, an island mm. off of an island, which sounds really good to me. Uh, and then uh, yes. the pictures and the beaches and the remoteness of Sardinia, the fact that it's its own language, got its own culture, and some of its own laws is pretty amazing. But um, Well, and, and Sardinia also is home to the um, Costa Smarly Yacht Club, oh, yeah. which is probably owned, I believe, or was owned by the Aga Khan. And it is widely considered the most expensive, most exclusive yacht club in the world. And years ago, uh, we actually met the Aga Khan. And his answer as to why the Costa Smarly was so expensive was simple. When it gets too crowded, I raise the rates. <laughs> It seemed perfectly logical at the time. <laughs> so, well, so 10 places you should know about in Italy is one of the gonomad.com's top 10 stories of 2020, um, or the best travel stories. Um, get just in the about uh, one and a half minutes we have left, give us a couple of others of your favorites. Okay. From last year. My, 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 kind of my top 10 favorites. I love that one about Italy. I also, we did a piece about traveling across the United States during the pandemic, which I thought was fascinating, you know, just sort of what it was like. Um, Nashville's best music museums made the list with Jackie Finch. I loved her piece. A uh, story about Castile, uh, Castilla y Leon, Spain. He did a travel log by Paul Schul, won the award. Donnie Sexton did a piece about the place called the Palouse. Have you ever heard of the Palouse? I, I know the horse. <laughs> it's in Northwest United States. It's a it's a district of the U.S. up in the Northwest U.S. Idaho, Washington, and it's a beautiful scenic green part of the U.S. I never even heard of. Wow. Um, Very nice. the Arkansas. Put that in the lit in there. That one a Little Rock. Yes, it's it's a terrific. Uh, and Ar Arkansas has some of the finest fall color on earth. Absolutely. And, and wrapping it all up was Rich Grant. Again, fantastic photos taken from parking lots. What a great idea for a story. And uh, you can see one, yeah, one great photo right there. Well, Max, yeah, Hartford, check out, uh, Elizabeth, check out gonomad.com. Totally. You can get all these stories there. And it's always a pleasure to have the editor of gonomad.com on our show, Max Hartzorn. Max, thank you so much for being with us again on Travel. Happy New Year to everybody, and let's get traveling as soon as we can get our vaccines. Okay, and thank you for being with us. I'm Elizabeth Harriman. I'm Paul Leslie. Stay safe. 
Join Paul and Elizabeth at any time since each episode of Traveling is available as a podcast on iTunes, keyword on travel, and at ontravel.com. You can join the global community on Twitter and Facebook at ontravelmedia, and you can email at traveling at ontravel.com. Your suggestions for show topics and comments are always welcome. Join us next time on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. I'm Fred Sager.